It was an eventful Saturday at Sacramento Kings training camp. A lot of interesting notes coming out of Kings practice. None bigger than changes to the starting lineup. Kevin Herter is out. Chris Duarte is in, at least for a preseason game against the Warriors. We'll discuss that and more right here on Locked on Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked on Kings. Hello and welcome into Locked on Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all season long. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, first-time users can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I'm a Sacramento sports anchor and reporter from ABC 10 News. And on today's podcast, I have three clips that we are going to listen to, watch together, and react to and talk about and break down. Two of them are from Sacramento Kings head coach Mike Brown today after uh, training camp. One of them is from DeMontis Sabonis. And the first one is the one that you see in the title, the one that really everybody is talking about. It's Mike Brown's explanation of his decision to move Kevin Herter out of the starting lineup and replace him with one of the new Kings, Chris Duarte. Duarte did not play well in the preseason opener in Toronto played really solid in Game 2 against the Los Angeles Lakers and now finds himself getting an opportunity with the starters. Is this something that could be long-term? Is this something that Mike Brown is just trying out over the course of an actual preseason game against the Golden State Warriors? Let's hear Mike's extended explanation for why he's making this move and why it's Chris Duarte who is the guy that's stepping in to the starting shooting guard spot. The, one of the things that we really are emphasizing is our physicality. And, you know, I explained to you guys a couple of times, hey, when you come across and help out with our help defense, you got to take a hit in the chest, which means you got to go vertical or you got to take a charge. Um, on the ball and pick and roll situations, you got to get up into that ball and you got to get over the screen at the same time because what we are doing as a group, and not just Kevin, there's a few of our guys that are doing this, we're staying here, we hear the command, so we're sending the ball to the, to the screen, which is where the help is, but then as the screen's coming, we're not getting into the ball to skinny up and get over the top. We're chasing the ball. And now that ball is turning downhill, and now you got Domus there, and you have our other defenders trying to play five on four against a team that's most teams are really long or not really athletic, and it makes it tough. So I have to put more pressure on our guards to help us better in the pick and roll so we don't face that pressure getting downhill. And now teams are getting spray threes and lobs at the rim, and, and us ending up being 30th in the NBA in pick and roll defense. I imagine you had a conversation with Kevin about that. How did he, how did he take that, that he's off the bench for just the next game? Uh, he was fine. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and now I didn't have just, again, I didn't have a conversation just with Kevin. It's it's the whole team that needs to do that because there are other guys, in my opinion, that need to get better with the physicality of the game of basketball, especially on the defensive end, for us to take steps. What do you like about uh, the idea of Duarte at the two, and is that something you would consider doing in the regular season as well? 
I, I'll consider anything, you know, anything that I think will help us. And I said this before, sometimes when you take risk or you do things differently, it can backfire and mud can be on your face. And I'll be the first one to say that it was my decision because every decision I make will be to, in my, my opinion, will be to help this team be better. Um, and, and so with, with Dorte, what he did in the last game, he did exactly the things that I was, I'm asking. If you go back and you watch the tape, anytime he was involved in a pick and roll on the ball, he got up, he skinned over, and he went over the top with it with the ball handler. Uh, he was involved in a DHO with a, what we call a hot guy, a guy that can shoot it. He got into his body and he rode him over the DHO and he had his deflector hand there and almost got a steal. Uh, transition defense. Uh, I think it was Christian Wood tried to post him up, boom, he hit him, stood him up, and then he got in front and got a steal because they tried to throw it in late. Um, you know, his ability to chase, you know, he, a guy doesn't have the ball, pin down comes, gets into his body and gets over the top with that guy, and now, you know, you don't get anything because he's coming over the top with you. And so those aspects defensively when it comes to being physical defensively, uh, he did very, very well. He did it at a high level, and that's what we're going to expect from all of our guys throughout the course of the year. So really my takeaway from what Mike was saying there is this has less to do with Kevin Herter specifically and suggesting that Herter is a weak link of the starting lineup or that uh, he is no longer up to that starter standard of the Sacramento Kings and Chris Duarte is. I don't think it's about that at all. If anything, I think Kevin Herter is still the better basketball player than Chris Duarte. And I still believe come opening night against the Golden State Warriors for real when we do it on October 27th in the Golden One Center, I think it's still going to be Kevin Herter, or at least I hope it's still going to be Kevin Herter as that starting shooting guard. To me, this is Mike Brown sending a message to the entire team, but especially sending messages to his guards. And he even mentioned there uh, in that clip, like he's talking to his entire guards here, all of his guards, about what specifically he is looking for, for physically from them defensively. This is a defensive-oriented move that Mike is making, and he says he is making this move because Chris Duarte was the one who was doing what the Sacramento, or what he was asking of them with the Kings pick and roll defense that he mentioned was at the bottom of the league last year. Instead of just chasing the ball and allowing it to get downhill, and that's where the Sacramento Kings defense completely falls apart, or what little defense they have completely falls apart. Instead of doing that, he wants guys to step in front of the, uh, the, the screen, make contact with the ball handler, try and swipe the ball away, or at least don't allow them to get as much space and freedom to do what they want to do on the offensive end. Mike saw that from Chris. He hasn't seen that from Kevin Herter, and I even discussed after the Laker loss, like Kevin Herter looked just as bad as Sasha Vazenkov did in terms of starter defense. I thought both of those guys were getting blown by on the perimeter a ton, and Kevin Herter has never really been known for his defense in the NBA period. Again, I don't think this is a move worth panicking over. Like I, I, Chris Duarte could have a good night as a starter for the Sacramento Kings against the Golden State Warriors tomorrow night. If that happens, then maybe this is a little more serious than, or at least we have to take this a little more seriously uh, than I'm taking it at this point. To me, this is something that Mike, this is a tactic for Mike in preseason. This is a way to send a message. If you play the quality of defense that we are expecting, if you do what we ask on the defensive end of the floor physically, 
you will get playing time. You will get opportunity. Whoever provides what we are looking for specifically, you will play. If you're not living up to our defensive standards, you will sit or you will at least be moved out of the starting lineup. Now, is he going to remove De'Aaron Fox or DeMontis Sabonis at any point this season from the starting lineup because they're not doing what he asks defensively? No. I think he'll, he'll have no problem chewing them out, and he's had no problem chewing them out before uh, during practices and, and, and at times last season or, or whenever. He holds them to a high standard too, but let's not pretend that this decision that Mike is making with Kevin, uh, with Kevin Herter would be the same if it were De'Aaron Fox or DeMontis Sabonis, it absolutely would not be. I'm not, and I'm not saying Kevin Herter is the fall guy here either. I hope Kevin took it in stride. I hope he understands what Mike Brown is asking here. And I also appreciate the fact that Mike ma made sure to mention, like, Kevin's the one being moved out of the starting lineup, but this isn't all on him. Like, he's not the only guy with the problem. We're not pretending that moving Kevin out of the starting lineup, putting Chris Duarte in, now all of a sudden all of our pick-and-roll defensive problems are solved. Like every single Sacramento Kings guard, the Kings perimeter defense, period, needs to get loads better. And a lot of that falls on the guards and the wings. So you're trying to set this standard. What do you do? You adjust your starting lineup. Who do you bring in? Someone who is providing what you were looking for, at least provided that the last game. And you replace the guy who wasn't playing the good defense. A replaceable guy who wasn't playing good defense. Long term, I don't think this sticks at all. Like, again, I, I think by actual, like, the, the, the first game of the season in Utah, opening night in Sacramento against the Golden State Warriors, I don't think this is a thing. Like, I, I'm pretty sure Kevin Herter's back in the starting lineup. Kevin Herter might be back in the starting lineup by the next, uh, or by preseason game four, to be completely honest with you. This might just be a one-hit wonder opportunity for Chris Duarte. I'm interested to see how it plays out. Chris would have to do a lot, like, the Kings would have to look significantly bet better defensively and then Chris Duarte would have to fit offensively with what the Kings are doing. He would have to do that in more than just one preseason game for me to feel comfortable with Mike making this decision. Now, if he plays well and it works out, or at least it, it, it looks good, maybe you do it for two preseason games in a row. Maybe you let him finish out the preseason taking a look at that if you really want to, although I'm kind of hesitant with that because I would rather the Sacramento Kings starting five finish the preseason together. If you know that's going to be your starting five on opening night, just have them finish the preseason together. I think this is going to be a one-game thing. I'm interested to see how it plays out. Uh, I don't think it's anything to really panic or freak out over. I think this is Mike doing what Mike does. I think this is Mike's accountability on full display. I think this is Mike also looking for something. He knows that the Sacramento Kings defense has to get better. It has to. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And you're going to hear later on in the podcast when I asked Mike Brown uh, about the balance of offense and defense. And if you focus so much on, on defense, does it take away from the offense? He gave me a great answer to that. That's going to be the third clip that we're responding to uh, or listening to and, and, and breaking down on this podcast today. But I don't think that Chris Duarte coming into the starting lineup for one game does anything but enforce or reinforce what Mike is trying to, the, the standard that Mike is trying to set with this team.
Today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by the home of Locked on Kings fans, Sackyard Community Tap House, an amazing place for you to go to get that family Sacramento Kings atmosphere that you're looking for, as well as some of the most delicious beers on tap that you can find, as well as wonderfully tasting local wines. Sackyard is an incredible place to bring your family. They have an amazing outdoor patio that you can enjoy year-round with their fire pits during the winter, misters during the summer, a lawn game area for you and your kids to have a great time. Of course, they got TVs everywhere, too. It's a phenomenal place to go and watch Sacramento Kings games, whether they're at home or on the road. In fact, the place was packed wall-to-wall during the playoffs last season, and I'm expecting it to be the same again. Also, it's a perfect place for your furry family members as well. Dogs are not only welcomed, they are encouraged. Uh, so make sure you bring by your uh, your friends with tails to Sackyard as well. They're putting on all sorts of amazing events, including coming up, they are presenting the I'll Be Aware Ride for Breast Cancer. Uh, there are going to be three rides, a 50-mile ride, a 30-mile ride, and then a fun 15-mile ride that begin at Sackyard and go down the American River Bike Trail, all uh, to help raise money and awareness for breast cancer. And speaking of events, we're going to have great events coming to Sackyard soon, Locked on Kings events, including a watch party and a live show coming, so keep out or keep an eye and ear out for more information about that. Sackyard, a great place to get a drink, have some fun, bring your family and the official home of Locked on Kings listeners. Our next clip comes from Domantas Sabonis, and I'm not going to set this one up at all. Take a listen to these two things that Domas talked about today in Kings practice. Lots to take away from these. I think it's better because, uh, I mean, every day in practice, guys are getting on each other. You know, uh, coaches having to separate some of us, you know, and um, that's good. Uh, we have that confidence to really get on each other, you know, and I feel like that's where teams get better. Mike's mentioned like he's changing some things up offensively, trying some new things. So what, what's been different for a couple of games? Uh, for sure, he's, I mean, we're not running plays, and he took out one of our main things that work, you know, so obviously there's a lot of guys maybe that aren't, aren't as happy, but this is this is why it's it's training camp. We got to figure out, try new things out, you know, um, it's going to be a long season. We're, we're expecting ourselves to go far, so we need to have other options. So, you know, um, I love what he's doing, you know, uh, we just got to buy into it and uh, keep trying things out, you know. Um, they're the coaches, they know what's best, and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, they'll, they'll switch it back, but, you know, it's it's good to be out there and, and, and try new things out. What were you referring to that Mike took out? Are you talking about DHO stuff? No, just, you know, some of our uh, offensive flow that, that we get in, that, you know, we do a lot, you know, um, it's one of our two options in offense. Um, he didn't take out, he just switched it kind of, you know, and um, we're just getting used to it, you know, it's, it's a new offense. It, it definitely works. We got a, a bunch of great looks out of it. Um, out of the first two games, you know, uh, we just need everyone to believe in it and, you know, keep, keep trying to build from there. So listening to Domas there, the word that comes to mind is uncomfortable. This team is being challenged to be uncomfortable. Let's talk about the first part, the real eye-opening part. Domas speaking very plainly, saying that because this group has spent so much time together, because they're more familiar with each other and so many pieces from last year's team are coming back. They've tasted, uh, nearly tasted playoff victory, I should say. They had the defending champion at the time, Golden State Warriors, uh, on the ropes. They thought they had that series won, ultimately, for it to fall apart. There's high expectations. So they are holding each other accountable to the point where they're even getting chippy with one another to where coaches even have to separate guys at practice from time to time, all in the interest of making this team better. 
I, I can't even fathom the last time that we've heard of teammates in Sacramento getting chippy with one another to try and make a good team better versus teammates getting chippy with one another in Sacramento or getting chippy, period, because they are both play for a bad team and are just frustrated because there's no end in sight to the suck, right? It's very, very different. It's a very different level of chippiness. Everybody is trying to improve, and in order to improve, you have to get uncomfortable, and that's where the second half of this clip comes in. The fact that I thought initially when I heard this live that, that Domas was just saying that in practice, Mike was taking away a lot of the things that the Kings were doing right uh, last season, or the Kings became comfortable with on the offensive end last season. But to hear it back and listen to it back, Domas is actually saying that in the first two preseason games, offensively, Mike has been adjusting or taking aspects away of the offense that Sacramento runs so well. Now, maybe there's some strategic aspect behind that. Like, maybe he, Mike wants opponents to try and forget as much as possible or doesn't want to completely remind everybody or show everybody in the preseason just how good the Sacramento Kings are and allow teams to kind of game plan for that and get a head start on that and try and stop that by the time the season starts and then the Kings will unveil it again and remind everybody why they had the greatest offense in NBA history last season. Maybe there's that element to it on one hand, but I think what Domas is talking about is really the point. It's, look, we need to get uncomfortable. We need to try new things. We cannot become over-reliant on just one thing, and then when it gets taken away or when we're struggling in that one area, we're doomed because we're not really good or comfortable with anything else. Mike is trying to change things up, make things different, challenge this team to be able to adapt, to be more well-rounded to where, okay, if the Golden State Warriors in a seven-game series or the Los Angeles Lakers or the Denver Nuggets, whoever it may be, is going to take away this aspect of what the Sacramento Kings do really well, then the Kings can counter with this. Then they try and take this away, you go back to that. Or you throw a third thing into the mix. Like, Mike wants his offense to be not just incredibly dynamic on the floor, not just have so many options and so many individual players that can bite you from the perimeter or bite you at the rim or from the mid-range or wherever. He wants to have different elements, fundamentals on offense, pick and roll, dribble handoff, uh, inside out, perimeter shooting, post game. He wants so many different elements of his offense to be so solid that you're overwhelmed because you can't take all of it away. And whatever you do take away, it's not enough because the Kings can just replace it with something else. And there's good reason for that because the Golden State Warriors did a great job taking the dribble handoff game away from the Sacramento Kings in the playoffs, right? And the Kings offense didn't look nearly the same compared to how well they were playing during the regular season. So if the Golden State Warriors and the Kings meet up, uh, well, forget it. Let's talk about the home opener, right? I'm not talking about Sunday's game because it's preseason and who cares. But the, the home opener, Friday, October 27th, let's say the Golden State Warriors come out of the gate and do the same damn thing. Why wouldn't they? We're taking your dribble handoff game away. Figure out how to beat us elsewhere. Mike Brown wants to say, okay, bet. Here's this. Here's that. Here's this. And now the Warriors are faced with a choice. Either they stick with their take the DHO away game plan and lose, or they try to adapt, and that opens up the DHO game a little bit more, and the Kings can attack you from different ways on the offensive end. So that's how Mike Brown can improve his offense, and he can do that without having to spend days and hours teaching things on offense. He's just trying to get them more comfortable and stronger in different areas other than the ones that they know that they're good at. And then he can turn all of his focus 
to the physicality and the effort and the hard work on the defensive end of the floor. I think this is brilliance from Mike Brown. I think it's absolute brilliance, and I also love to hear that these guys are pushing each other, that these guys are getting chippy with one another because we know how good they get along. We've seen the bean team pictures. We've seen the DHO chain, the uh, excuse me, the defensive player of the game, the DPOG chain, right? We've seen them posing and with photos after the games, after wins with the fog machine in the background. We know how much this team enjoys being around each other. That doesn't mean that when they get to work on the floor in the practice facility where they are trying to get better, not just every single day, but every single play, that they can't put the most amount of pressure on each other to perform because ultimately all those guys might be performing against each other in the practice facility, but they're ultimately performing for each other to make the Sacramento Kings into the best damn basketball team that it could possibly be. I love that chippiness. I have no fear at all that impacting uh, the locker room in any kind of negative way. These guys are competitors. Let them compete. Let them go after each other. As long as all, everybody's guy is bringing to the table this chippiness or this ferociousness, not with the intent of fighting their teammate or pissing somebody off, but with the intention of getting better. And I believe when I see and hear every single uh, person on that summer league roster, excuse me, on that training camp roster, and every single coaching staff, I believe that they all purely want to get better. Today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast, like I mentioned at the top of the show, is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Snap into the action this NFL season with FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you make a $5 bet. So you place $5 down on anything. Literally could be anything. You could bet on NFL action. You could bet on a prop bet. You could bet on a future bet. Whatever it may be. Put $5 down. That's all you have to do. That's all that you have to invest. You invest $5. You could win and make that $5 and then back uh, and then more back. You could even put that $5 down on something that has such good odds to win that you even only get a dollar back. I wouldn't necessarily recommend that, but maybe that's what you decide to do. Either way, you're getting $200 in bonus bets for you then to go and make more money on FanDuel. Or... You can go all in with that $5 bet. Take a heavy underdog so where that could cash into or cash out to be like a $15 win. But there's no risk because if you lose those $5, here's $200 for you to then make it back. FanDuel gives you this incredible deal, this incredible opportunity, and you can bet on all the greatest spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Not just for football, of course, once NBA season uh, gets going. You can have fun betting on all of that. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season the right way. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Finally, we're going back to Mike Brown. This last clip is his answer to my question. I asked Mike about this, this thing that we've been discussing and I've heard discussed uh, on different King shows and on Sacramento Sports Radio and, and things, that, which is like, can the Sacramento Kings have such a heavy emphasis on the defensive end of the floor without it somewhat taking away from the offense? Well, here's what Mike had to say about that. Mike, speaking to that defensive focus, is there any risk at all to that taking away at all from the offensive rhythm or success of that side of the ball? Are those two pretty separated in that sense? No, I, I think there's risk in everything. I mean, we had the number one offense in the history of the game last year, and, uh, you know, obviously we have talented offensive guys. Uh, that's, that is what it is, and, you know, that's a lot of their strengths. But in the same breath, 
you know, in my opinion, and I've been a part of uh, six NBA finals or something like that with three different teams. And in my opinion, you got to be able to defend. And so, in order to have an, uh, in my opinion, again, a shot at winning it, which is what we're playing for. Sometimes you got to mix some things up. Sometimes you got to roll the dice on things and take a chance here. Maybe you might lose a little here, but hopefully you gain a lot here and, and or there. And 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 so change uh, can impact you in a lot of different ways. And hopefully it's good when you make the change. But I'm I'm not one to just sit back and say, Hey, our offense was great. Let's just keep playing that way and and don't worry too much about the defense because we're going to outscore somebody. Because at the end of the day. It's going to be hard to duplicate what we did offensively. You, you know, it's like going from a, a good team to a great team when you only have this far to go and you're in the upper echelon. It's hard. Offensively, I mean, we were here, and to even go here or to keep it there, ooh, it's going to be harder. You know, but defensively, we were here, so we got a lot of room to grow. So let's try to do what we can to take advantage of it, growing at it, while maybe losing a little offensively and if we do I still think we'll be a really really good team this is why I love Mike Brown so much not just to listen to him talk about basketball the way that he does but how transparent he is with his thought process how transparent he is with the realities of the game like some coaches probably would have said nah nah there's there's no concern like we're our offense is our offense our defense is our defense and I don't need to go into more about that just trust us we're going to get it done Mike says yeah there's risk to it of course there's risk to it, but I'm willing to gamble with the fact that I can sacrifice or take away a little bit of the best offense in NBA history in order to get my defense to a better point. And, and, and he brought a perspective that I never even thought about, right? How much have we talked about that gap between good and great, right? And how much is, have we reiterated what Micah said? Like, that's so hard to do. That's incredibly difficult to do. How are you going to bridge that gap, that small gap between good and great that is harder than the massive gap between good and crap that the Sacramento Kings were in for 16 years. How are you going to do that with your offense alone when your offense to get you good had to be the best in NBA history? Right, think about that. Unless you're breaking your own records again and again and again, which maybe this team could do. They certainly have the firepower to be able to average more than 120 points per game and an offensive rating of 119. Maybe they can replicate it. Maybe they can even top it. But in order to make up the ground that Mike is trying to make up this season, in order to go from first-round playoff exit or exciting team that is a playoff team to an actual NBA champion, you need more than just beating your own records unless you're beating your own records and everybody else by a substantial margin. And Mike is saying there, like, that's hard to do. We might not even replicate and be able to repeat what we did last season. We're going to try, and we have all the weapons to do so, but we might not be able to do it. So I'm going to gamble a little bit with the dropping down or taking a little bit away from our offense to make our defense significantly better in the belief that with still a very, very good offense, still a top two, top three offense in the league, and a middle-of-the-pack defense, that that is a major difference in this good-to-great gap that puts me in that championship window when just the offense getting me there, the Mike D'Antoni Houston Rockets thing that got them to the Western Conference Finals. It nearly worked for them, but nearly doesn't matter. Like, Mike's actually trying to win a championship, not just get to the NBA Finals and say he was there, right? Like, to me, that perspective from Mike was really, really refreshing to hear. It's nice to acknowledge that 
one has the effect on the other because why not on the floor look how much easier it is offensively to score when you get a stop look how much better the kings are in transition uh, when they get a steal or get a stop and get a defensive rebound outlet pass to the guard and here come the kings in full speed ahead more often than not they're scoring right so defense impacts offense in that way on the floor so why wouldn't defense impact offense when off the floor you're trying to get better or you're trying to improve as a basketball team in your practice facility or during training camp. I don't think Mike would ever heavily sacrifice his offense to minorly make his defense better. I don't think he's ever going to do that. And Mike might push as much as he can with this group this year and realize they just don't have the personnel to accomplish what he's trying to accomplish. Then it goes back to Monty McNair. Then it goes back to the front office and some changes need to be made. Maybe we'll get to that point. But as of right now, Mike is going to have these demands of his team. He's going to make these starting lineup changes, like Kevin Herter out, Chris Duarte in, to emphasize those demands. Let's see if his guys rise to the challenge. Let's see if it's the right move or not. And then you heard Mike earlier say, when talking about the, 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 the starting decision, maybe it goes terribly. Maybe the Sacramento Kings starting lineup looks terrible and, and they're out of their flow because... One of their day one starters, essentially, going back to last season, that he was a day one starter, has been replaced by a guy who's played two preseason games with this group and is brand new to the team. On top of that, like, forget the two preseason games. Chris Duarte barely played. I can't remember how long it had been since he had played a basketball game because of injury, even before those two preseason games while he was in Indiana. So this could backfire. And then Mike will be the first guy to put his hand up and say, it was my decision. I was trying something. It didn't work. Back to the drawing board. What do you think about these three clips? What are your takeaways, your thoughts on these three clips, specifically and especially your thoughts on Kevin Herter being moved out of the starting lineup? Let me know. You can reach me on Twitter at MattGeorgeSack. You can email me, MattGeorgeSports at gmail.com. Leave your thoughts in the YouTube comment section down below at any time as well. Can't wait for Kings and Warriors tomorrow night inside the Golden One Center. Kings and Warriors light. I suppose, Kings and Warriors part 0.5, maybe. I don't know. But we got Kings basketball again. We know what the Kings are trying to do. We're going to see at least the difference with the starting lineup. Let's see how it all plays out. That's all we can do is watch and learn. And you best believe, gather our thoughts, gather our opinions. And no matter what happens on that Sunday, we will have a post-game episode of Locked on Kings to discuss it and break it down. So, I uh, hope to see you at the game. Hope you enjoy the game, and I hope you will join me for the post-game pod afterwards. Until then, my name is Matt George. You've been listening to the Locked On Kings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.